0: Welcome to the podcast at Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, for we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. We're not going to go through the entire book of Revelation, uh, at least not that I know of. Uh, We'll just follow the Spirit's leading on that. But we will. um, uh, My aim right now is to go through the the letters that begin. But let's kind of take a look at um, what this uh, book is, uh, what what the nature of the book is. Um, It begins um, with an introduction like you would see in a letter. Um, If you... If you look down to verse um, 4, it says, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who was and who is and who is to come. So you have an introduction that's kind of like a letter that you'd see in Paul or one of the other letters. And at the end of the book, at the very end, uh, it ends also similar to a letter. You, You see in verse 21 of chapter 22, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Um, That's also the ending like you might see in a letter. Uh, We see in verse 1 that uh, it says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave Him to show His servants, the things that must take place soon. And whenever it says that, Um, That word revelation, uh, it's the word that could also be translated apocalypse. Um, So uh, there's a a type of literature we see in the Bible that is called apocalyptic literature. And usually that has to do with what will happen at the end of history. But also we see in verse 3, it says, Blessed are the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And so we see that the book is also called a prophecy. So what we have here, when we look at the book of Revelation, we have an apocalyptic prophecy that was probably sent in the form of a circular letter. Um, When John wrote it down, um, it was sent from God the Father through Jesus, this vision that he, he gave to John, and, and it was written down and then probably passed around from church to church, uh, particularly these seven churches that he was writing to, and then we have it today. And I think it's to all believers. So that's what we have when we look at the book of Revelation. And, and so it deals with things that happen at the end of history. It deals with some things that are leading up to the court through the course of history. Um, And it was sent as a circular letter to the churches. Let's go ahead and read um, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. We're going to read the first eight verses. The revelation to Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ, which God gave Him to show His servants the things that must take place soon. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from God, from Him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before His throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth. To Him who loves us, and who has freed us from our sins by His blood, and made us a kingdom and priest to His God for and Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of Him. Even so... Amen. And, the, and I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You that You have spoken to us. Lord, we thank You, uh, Lord, that You promise blessing to those who read this, those who hear it, and those who keep what it says. Lord, we pray that, uh, Lord, You might give us that blessing as we read it and hear it. Lord, help us to keep what it says. Father, I pray that You would be with me. Help me to speak boldly, to apply Your Word. Lord, I stand as a sinner among sinners. And I need Your grace to speak Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. When it says here, the revelation of Jesus Christ, it doesn't just say this is a record of God's revelation, but it says this actually is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. When we read this book, when we read the Bible in general, and Revelation in particular, we are reading a revelation from Jesus Christ Himself. Uh, It isn't some intermediator where we try to get behind what is actually here, but no, we are reading and experiencing God speaking to us when we read the Bible, and specifically Revelation here. It is a revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave Him to show His servants the things that must take place soon. He made it known by sending His angel to His servant John, who bore witness to the Word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, um, there's a chain in how this revelation of God was given. We, we, it begins with God the Father, who it says gave to Jesus to show His servants that what must take place. And it says He gave it to an angel who then revealed it to His servant John who wrote it down and gave it to us. So it would be like this king who wants to give his subjects a gift. So he, sends, he brings the prince in, and he gives this gift to the prince, and the prince calls upon one of his servants who then delivers the gift to his people. It's kind of like what we see here, this chain that is given. It comes directly from the father, but it's given through his son, and it was given as a revelation to John. It says it's about some things that are about to take place, must soon take place. You know, what, what does it mean to be soon? You know, we, we, saw, we see here it says they must soon take place. Jesus says, um, or it says in verse 7, Behold, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, every, even those who pierce to. Well, it says he's coming quickly, okay? What does this mean? It's kind of relative, isn't it? We've been looking for Jesus to come from the very beginning of the church, and it's always urgent. I think whenever we see this, whenever it says "I'm coming soon," "I'm coming quickly," it's meant to give us a sense of urgency. We don't know when He's coming. It could come from from the moment He uh, went into heaven as uh, uh, when He ascended to now. It could be at any moment. And so Christians at all ages have been expecting his coming, and in certain time periods it's actually caused people to um, quit their jobs. Uh, Dorothy has mentioned that before you know, people were expecting it so soon they decided not to work, and Paul had to write to address that in the in Thessalonians. Our responsibility when we hear God's word, when we think about the end times is not to just Forget about things, forget about our day to day necessities, but to keep on going. And God gives this revelation so that we will know how we are to live today. One of of the things, when I think about the book of Revelation, I don't believe that God gave us the book of Revelation so that we could figure out a system of charts so that we could know what's going to happen when. God gave us the book of Revelation so that we would know how to live today. He gave us this book about these things that are about to take place so that we would know how to live today. You know, when John wrote this down, when God revealed this, the church was a very persecuted people. In fact... They were probably living under the emperor Domitian. And Domitian was a very, very wicked emperor. Uh, Some of the historians say that Domitian uh, made free with the wives of many men. And one of these men in particular that he made free with his wife he actually had put to death because this man was making fun of him, making fun of his image, because he was also a, a kind of not a very impressive looking person. Domitian, uh, the stories say that he would sometimes stand and, and scratch vigorously at a wart on his bald head. And he was also very sensitive about this, uh, uh, his baldness as well. Uh, that's why he put somebody to death, because uh, he was making fun of him. He a very wicked, very depraved man. Another story about Domitian is that he uh, even seduced his niece and then forced her to have an abortion um, whenever she became pregnant. He's a very wicked, wicked man. These, this was the person who was in charge whenever the early Christians received this book. And we think our politicians are bad, Right? but the early church lived under a great time of persecution. So God gave them this book so they would know how to live in a time of persecution. And He says this, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Blessed are those who hear it and who keep it, what is written in it, for the time is near. You know, these people who were suffering persecution, the early church, they probably didn't feel very blessed. They were persecuted. They lived under a wicked, wicked Caesar. They probably felt anything but blessed. But God wanted them to know when they were hearing this message, they were blessed for hearing God's Word. He wants them to know why they're blessed as well. And it's not just an automatic blessing, like you open up the book and you begin to read Revelation and you're automatically blessed. He says here, Blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it as well. It's like James. We don't want to be like the one who looks into the mirror and then walks away and forgets what we're like. It's not that we can just hear it only and not be a doer but God says blessed is the one not only who hears not only who reads it aloud and who hears it but the one who keeps what is written in it for the time is near you know how encouraging that could be to the early church the early Christians who were suffering persecution to hear the time is near it's only a momentary persecution, a momentary suffering that they're going through because they know that time is near that He would be coming again. Verse 4, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from Him who was and who is and who is to come from the seven spirits who are before His throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on earth. John here is saying this letter is from not just God, not just Jesus, but it's all three persons of the Trinity. If you notice here, it says the one who is and who was and who is to come. I think that's a reference to the Father. He says, it's a, um, he says from the seven spirits who were before His throne. I, I think this is a reference to the Holy Spirit. And then also, from Jesus. So you have the Father, the Spirit, and from Jesus Christ Himself, the Son, who is revealing this. And it refers to Jesus in a couple of ways. First, the faithful witness. You know, Jesus came... To die for our sins, and he came as a faithful witness. He came and he presented to us what God is like. In John, you know, Jesus said, You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus came as a reliable and faithful witness of who God is, what God was doing, and he also came to, to die and to save us from our sins. Jesus. Uh, Is called here the firstborn of the dead. He died for our sins. He rose from the grave. And He is, in that sense, the firstborn of the dead. He is uh, that deposit, that firstborn, so that we know we can, that we will raise as well. Just as Jesus rose from the dead, He will raise us up as well. I think it's, it's wrong what some of us may have the idea about what happens at the end time. It's not that we just go and float on a cloud and, and live in a spiritual existence forever, but He will raise us just the same way He raised Jesus. That's why He's called the firstborn of the dead. We will all, we'll be put in the ground, we will uh, turn to dust. But Jesus is able to take all that dust and put it back together and raise our mortal bodies again to be perfect, to be changed. He is the firstborn of the dead. And He is the ruler of kings on earth. You know, Domitian, the, this wicked Caesar... Uh, Not only was he so wicked in the the fact that he was loose with with, uh, other men's wives and, and he had people put to death for making fun of him, but he also demanded that when people came to speak to him, that they address him as Lord and God. He demanded worship like a God. And yet here, John reminds the early Christians, that it's Jesus that is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is the ruler of all the kings on earth. Jesus is the ruler over Domitian, this wicked Caesar who wanted to be addressed as God. Jesus was Lord over even Him. And He tells us some of the reasons why we are blessed To Him who loves us. And we began by singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus does love us. To Him who loves us. Why else would He come from heaven where He had been with the Father from all eternity, experiencing the joy of being with His Father, He left all of that to come down and become a human being and suffer just like other human beings do and die for us. Why else would He do that except for the fact that He loved us? He loved us to Him who loves us and who has freed us from our sins. In this freeing from our sins, we have been forgiven of them. That's one aspect of them. Though we have many sins, though our sins be as scarlet, He has washed us as white as snow. We have experienced forgiveness of our sins. But also, we have been delivered, we have been freed from the power of our sins. When we were lost, sinking in sin... We did not have any power to resist temptation. But now when we have been saved, when we have trusted in Christ, the Spirit is living in us. He has freed us. He has broken the chains. And we have the freedom to be able to resist. When we resist temptation, when we are able to turn the other way, it is only because... Jesus set us free from our sins. Then he says, He made us a kingdom of priests to His God and Father. What is a priest? Priests normally f- serve two functions. One, they lead in worship. And then two, they... they are kind of an intermediary between God and people. Speaking to people on behalf of God. And God has called all of us, all of those who are believers in Him, a kingdom of priests. Jesus is the great high priest, of course, who is in heaven now, interceding for us before the Father. But He has made all of us priests. We worship just like the other just like one service of a priest but we also we we are intermediaries in the fact that we can plead with other human beings that they would be reconciled to God we can do evangelism that is a function of our kingdom of priests we go to people who are lost and we share the gospel of this one who has called us out of darkness and into his glorious light and he has made us a kingdom of priests You know, those ought to be very encouraging to these early Christians who are suffering in persecution because it shows God loves them. He is not forgetting them in the midst of this persecution. He has freed them. While they may in in their earthly circumstances be slaves, physically slaves of, of other people, God has set them free from their sins and has forgiven them and has given them the power to resist. And He's made them a kingdom. Though they were small and insignificant, God calls them into a kingdom. So the early church, when they were hearing this, though they were persecuted, they should know that they are really blessed. kind of reminds us of The Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, Blessed are you when you are persecuted. He turns our idea of happiness on its head. And here, while Jesus is speaking to these persecuted people, He tells them, You are blessed. And what is the response of this blessing? He gives this in verses, halfway through verse 5, Up through verse 6, in the form of a doxology, a a call to praise. He says, to Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood and made us a kingdom of priests to His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It is not to Domitian, it is not to any politician, it is not any earthly power that receives glory and honor and praise, but it is to Jesus and to God the Father who receives all the glory and praise forever and ever. Amen. That ought to be a great encouragement. We are blessed and we give glory to God because He has given us this great blessing. Then we're reminded, Behold, He is coming with the clouds. Notice He says this in the present tense. Because it is so urgent. It is expected at any time. He is on His way. He is coming. He doesn't say, He will come. It says, He is coming. While you may experience suffering in this time, church, Jesus is coming. He will be your comfort. He will be your guide. And one day He will come. And He will wipe away every tear from every eye. Behold, He is coming with the clouds. You know, when Jesus ascended, We think back in Acts to when Jesus ascended into heaven and all of the uh, disciples were standing around staring into the sky, wondering what was happening, and the two angels were saying, what are you all looking into the sky for? He's coming back the same way He left. He He went and He ascended into the heavens, into the clouds, and here... When we read this in the book of Revelation, it's, it consists, it's, it's uh, consistent with what we see in, in Acts. He is coming with the clouds. He is physically, bodily coming. And there are some who, have, have, who don't really believe what the Bible says. You will say, oh, he's just coming in kind of a spiritual sense, or that uh, his influence is just going to come throughout the earth. But no, no, no. Jesus is coming physically, bodily. He ascended physically and bodily into heaven and He is coming back the same way with the clouds. He is coming. We believe in a physical, bodily return of Jesus. And it says at that time, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of Him. Even so, amen. For un an unbeliever, for someone who has not trusted in Christ, when Jesus comes, it will make them wail. There will be no more time for repentance. There will be no more extension of this gracious period where, where people can turn and repent and come to Him. When He comes, every tribe on earth will wail when He comes. But for the believer, we will rejoice when He comes. And there will be people from every tribe, every tongue every, on earth who will not be wailing. We read about it later. But we will be worshiping before the throne. And then finally, as a testimony to how we can trust this revelation, God the Father speaks. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who was and who is and who is to come, the Almighty. We have the very words of God speaking. He is the beginning and the end. He was from the beginning. He had no beginning. And He will never end. He is all of it all in one, says the Lord God who was and who is and who is to come. He is the Almighty. It is not Domitian, no Caesar who demands to be worshipped like God. No, it is God. The one true and living God. There are a few things that we need to see from this text. One, if we are trusting in Jesus, we are blessed we are blessed. He has done so much for us, he has forgiven us of our sins, he has loved us, and he has made us into a kingdom of priests to go out and tell the good news about Jesus and he has also this also ought to cause us to praise him because he is worthy of our praise. he is not just a man or some figment of an imagination, but He is the Creator of heaven and earth. He made us and deserves all of our praise and all of our worship. I think as we close, we just need to remember how blessed we are for what God has done for us in Jesus, for speaking to us, and telling us about what He has done. And we need to praise Him for what He has done. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.